0: Hi, my name is Allie Mast. If the term mental illness makes you squirm a little bit, you're definitely not alone. But after living with mental illness for over 20 years, I'm proud to help break down those walls of stigma. When I became a mom in 2017, I realized just how desperate the need was to support people, especially moms, in their mental health journey. It's gonna get a little awkward around here, but cultivating change always is. Welcome to The Mentally Ill Mama. Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Mentally Ill Mama. Today is super light. Just kidding. (laughs) I don't think I have very many like light and fun episodes. Um, And that's okay. That's kind of who I am slash where I'm at in life. So today... What is my purpose if it's not to get out of the dark? Lately, I've been struggling with something rather new for me. I'm struggling with purpose. Why? Because things are actually going pretty good right now. And I'm so used to so much of my time and energy going into working on standing up when mental illness has knocked me out. As soon as I start to reflect on this, I'm reminded of a conversation I had with a friend after I had come home from being hospitalized for my postpartum depression. She was struggling with an eating disorder, but as she described, it wasn't as bad as it previously had been. I urged her to seek help now. Go to counseling now. Work on your meditation practice now. Share with your support people now. Be open with God about it now. Now. Waiting till things get really bad before we seek help is one of the big reasons why we don't live our lives to the fullest. After that conversation, I pleaded with anybody who would listen to me. Get help for your anxiety now, not until your panic attacks are so bad you're missing work. Go to marriage counseling now. Don't wait until your mild issues surrounding your finances become insurmountable debt. Get help with childcare now, don't wait until the only thing getting you through the day is counting down the minutes till your kids are sleeping and you can start drinking. And maybe get help for your relationship with alcohol now too. (laughs) Don't wait until your partner has to sit you down and tell you that they're worried about your alcohol dependence. Moral of the story, stop waiting until you've hit rock bottom to try and find a way out. Now with most rules or mindsets or beliefs, there are exceptions. You cannot rush grief, but you can start therapy sooner rather than later. You cannot necessarily, quote, fix a mental illness quickly by starting therapy ASAP, but you can learn more about your illness and learn strategies and tools to minimize the role it plays in your life. So this time around, after going through what I did with my pregnancy with Noli and my postpartum depression, I made different choices to better set myself up to not experience the depths of depression that I had before guess what? So far, it's actually worked. Now, (laughs) that doesn't mean that in a few months I won't have a breakdown and need serious help. I'm not trying to say that all of these things are in your control because that simply is not true. When my postpartum depression was raging, the floodgates opened in my mind and I became suicidal literally overnight. There's nothing that I could have done to prevent that. And if I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what I could have done differently so I wouldn't have experienced that, I would have drove myself nuts. When I wrote this, I was nine weeks postpartum. When I'm recording this, I am almost five months postpartum. (laughs) My postpartum didn't, my postpartum depression didn't come in full till five months postpartum with NOLI. But if I look at where I was when I was nine weeks postpartum with Noli versus where I was nine weeks with Dahlia, it's a world of a difference. My OCD was raging and I didn't even have a name for it. I was so obsessed with doing everything as perfectly as possible for my sweet baby. There were clear rights and clear wrongs with every topic under the sun, but trying to figure out what they were caused me so much anxiety. What if I didn't prepare all of her bottles in the most efficient way possible? What if I didn't listen to every suggestion that her pediatrician gave me? I feared the worst, that my baby could be taken from me. Side note, the story of Saisha Mercado and her kids being taken from her and her partner is horrible. At the time of recording this, both of her children had been taken from her. They now have both been returned to her and her husband. There are indeed times when kids are taken from their parents when they should not be. And there is definitely a higher number of these cases in the BIPOC or Black Indigenous People of Color community. This is an issue that we should all care about. My worries of my kids being taken from me when I take them to the doctor are pretty irrational. But that is not always the case. I recognize that as a white woman living in a very white area, the chances of my kids being wrongly taken from me are almost impossible. I also started having many intrusive thoughts after I had my oldest. Now I know that this is very normal since I have OCD. But these intrusive thoughts felt like they were me. The nature of these intrusive thoughts were often violent and or sexual. I had so much shame. I am so, 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 so thankful that I decided to open up about them to my therapist. I now know that they are intrusive thoughts. They are not actually things that I want to do, want to happen, or even want to think about. If you are having a lot of scary thoughts that you don't know what to do with, please open up with a therapist. Intrusive thoughts like these are so much more common than I thought. Because they're about such taboo subjects, it's easy to feel like you're the only one. You're not, I promise. It's just really hard to talk about for a lot of people, me included. So here's my own homework for myself. I'm getting the postpartum depression workbook in the mail. I'm going to start going through that today, even though I don't have severe postpartum depression right now. I'm going to do this because if I do end up having it, I will be much better prepared. And if I don't, I'll have all of this great information to share with you and others that are going through it. What's something that you can do now to work on an area of your life that is eh, but not in crisis? There's no shame in not doing something before crisis. This is all just about self-care and the unglamorous ways. I hope that you were able to take something out of today's podcast. Um, It's something that's really, really important to me and something that I need to be reminded of myself. Take action before things get super bad, okay? Okay. Thank you for listening to this podcast. That means so freaking much to me and hopefully to you too. With every episode, my heart is for you, for your growth, connection, education, and of course, your mental health. If listening brought you joy, comfort, or understanding, I would love it if you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen. You are the bomb.com <laughs> and don't you forget it. From the mentally ill mama to you, we'll see you next week.